Hi, I'm Kyle Barton, and on this 384th episode of the MWA podcast, Sean Wisniewski, Mark Hicks, and myself visit with the one and only Aspen Golan, an accomplished artist, furniture maker, chairmaker, teacher, and founder of the Chairmaker's Toolbox Project. So, welcome back to the show, Aspen. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem. Not a problem. So um, we're going to be asking you about what you've been up to, which is a lot. So if <laughs> folks want to find out how Aspen got into woodworking, you can uh, check out our, our episode 285 and 286, where she goes into detail on how she uh, got into this crazy life. So that was 100 episodes ago. Exactly. Almost wow. 100 episodes. Almost 100 exactly. Doing yep. that math myself. Yeah. Please, you guys, you can busy. I really said it, but I'm going to. Wow. That's well, I'm just going to have to put a marker down. We'll just have to have you back every hundred ep- episodes. <laughs> <laughs> re-round it every hundred. hundred uh, All right. I got to get busy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's probably not going to be a problem for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have a problem. <laughs> well, before we uh, talk more with Aspen about what she's been up to, uh, let's dip our toes in the woodworking news. Burn Chanley recently uh, has plans for his number 14 chair. And um, uh, Burn Chanley, um, I believe these are being done by Jeff Lefkowitz, and they're being sold on his site. Uh, they're $98 um, in Australian money. So, um, Which I, turns out to worth 71% of that. Yeah. So yeah. about $70. About 70 bucks. U.S. So um, I think we might have made a brief announcement uh, that these were coming um, a few months back, but they are out there and are for sale. So check those out. Um, if you know anything about the that particular chair, it's been back cover of Fine Woodworking magazine. It's it's been all over the place. And it's absolutely a beautiful chair. Mm-hmm. And uh, the and if you know anything about Jeff, those plans are going to be spot on. So, um, but. Go out there and check that out. Is the print version still a PDF, just 100% scale, or no? It's um the print the printed version is actual printed plans. Yeah. But, uh, oh, that, got those it. For got the, it. Those are for the folks that are down in Australia. So right. I was say, right. Not worth yeah. shipping. You get PDFs otherwise. I don't think mm-hmm. so. It's uh, yeah. it's like a and twenty dollars it... shipping bill to get them. Yeah. It says ships anywhere in the world. Yeah, you can get it done. It's just not yeah. cheap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not that expensive to have it printed at a you know your local you know, Office Depot or something like that. As long as they have one of those large format printers, they can print it off. And it's uh, fairly inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a hot chair. It is. It is. It is. So um, have you been, uh, Aspen, have you um, been, a, I know Burns been over here a couple of times to teach that chair. Mm-hmm. You happen to run into him? Oh, yeah. He came to visit me when I was in it. Um, we hung out. He explained why my milk paint looked like hot garbage and <laughs> I showed him. Um, it was my first time using, you know, milk paint and doing doing my best. And God, I, you know, I still sometimes get lost in the mud with that material. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, he was super cute about it and helped me out. And then um, we talked about cabrio legs for a while. And I think most notably, we got lost in a corn maze together in uh, New Hampshire, like two years later. Pete. <laughs> Galbert was much faster than us. <laughs> so he was like somehow got way further, way quicker. And Burn and I were just like, anyway, we got lost in the maze and it started raining and we we pretended it was fun. <laughs> it kind of was. It was like, um, yeah, he's Burns. Burns a wonderful guy. Um, I would love would love to be in a class of him someday. Um, 
or yeah. to assist or just just probably hang out. I'm actually moving to um, that part of New Hampshire to uh, work in the same mill building as Pete um, in oh, cool. the summer. So yeah, so I'll be I'll be around and I'm sure sure see him the next time he comes to the states. He's a cutie. He's a good guy. Very awesome. talented. Very smart. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, terrible yeah, at yeah. corn mazes. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's Australian, you know. What do you expect? Don't they all all they have is desert and that opera house, and that's it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, how would you? Yeah. And no, some insects and reptiles yeah. that'll kill you. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everything out there will kill you. Yeah, probably. Well, anyway, well, moving on, um, Lost Art Press, uh, this isn't out yet, but it's coming soon, but I thought it was pretty cute, is they're actually coming out with Super Woobies. Um, basically, these are microfiber towels that you can use to wipe down your planes and stuff. You soak the towel in oil. And I think he had something several years ago about how to do that whole process, but he found some particular microfiber towels that he really, really likes for that purpose, and he's actually having them embroidered with a don't despair nothing without labor written on it and a little b so that's oh my i think God, he's, so cute it is so <laughs> it is cute it is cute so no pricing yet but um it will be coming out so you might want to keep an eye on it and he says it will be shipping in a quality three mil plastic bag with zipper now the reason he's shipping it that way is because you can actually soak it in the oil so you can take the uh, unzip the ziplock so to speak and pour your oil in there and let it soak so hmm. anyway cool. so yeah yeah i think it's pretty cool and um i'm sure one will find its way into my shop because i do have one of the woobies and mine's a little rough i would say it's how seen... many woobies does one person need the question at least two at least, least two. two okay i have yeah. a sterling Toolworks woobie oh okay uh you know lesser known but <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but it's dry as a bone. I just picked it up and it's like dragging on my hand. So uh, it's not soaked in any oil at, the, at this moment, but um, not a bad idea to have a few, I suppose. Yes. Keep, yes. keep one in one, the bag. Right. Yeah, you know, you can, yeah. when you say, you know what, I'm going to wash this thing tomorrow, you can charge one. For there the you go. Day. Charge it up. <laughs> Plus, these are embroidered, man. I they know. Are. It's got a little Ex- bee on it. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, that's have, my favorite. Like, that's my favorite shirt of theirs. Is the one with the skep that says "Nothing without labor." Yeah, labor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's uh, one of my favorites. So I'll probably end up with one as well. And I could see myself throwing these in to the occasional workbench or shave horse. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Toss in. We'll so. pack it about good good tool care and wooby use. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you have to buy at least two of them because one to actually use and one to hang up. Oh, frame in a shadow yeah. box. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Shadow box frame. Yeah. I like that. Or uh-huh. as a uh, hanky. Carry that around as a hanky. Oh, there you go. <laughs> or a glass, glasses polishing. Oh, yeah. For those glasses wearers like me. Yep. Well, fantastic. Well, let's move on to our patron shout out. So, who do we have to thank this week? Let's. We always like to give a good shout out to our Patreon supporters. Today, we're giving that said shout out to our friend. I'm going to say Jose. I'm hoping it's Jose Santiago. Never know. Yes, jo- yes. Josie. I don't want to insult anyone. No, it's Jose. It's okay, Jose. let's go with Jose. Jose, th- thank you for your support, Jose. Uh, and if you, dear listener, would like to support the MWA podcast, go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. 
Now, watch me be wrong about that, but I know uh, that's why I, I, I had a friend of mine was named Jose, spelled exactly the same. Yes, well, that is the common. But I mean, still a friend of mine. What am I saying? <laughs> I, I had a friend. Yes. He still is a friend of mine. So <laughs> he changed his name when you pronounced it right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, uh, let's move on to what's in the shop. So, Mark, what have you been working on? Videos, making videos. Yeah. I've seen a couple coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I um I've got a student going through the remote workbench class right now and um because I can't leave good enough alone, I I changed the process a little bit and now I've got to shoot some new videos. So <laughs> um <laughs> while I'm at it, uh I was I, I edited some old ones because I I was watching through them and I was like, you know, I should cut this up and put it out there because this is good work, you know, good, good information. So did a little bit of that and I've got to start shooting some new ones too. So mm -hmm. they'll be out there on the joint effort. What were your most recent ones on? It was uh, a shoulder plane. You don't need a yeah. shoulder plane. Yeah, it was just, you know, just the basics on using a shoulder plane to to clean up a shoulder on a, on a mortise and tenon joint. And then there was one about how this one was just incredibly well received was just how to square a line around a part a square oh okay um huh. and i was really surprised that one just skyrocketed i mean well for me that's not very many views but um <laughs> you know it did it, it, it went it moved really fast compared to the it was just and this is something that i didn't know when i before i started using hand tools was you have to rely on your reference faces you can't just run the square from one face to one face to one face to one face mm -hmm. um and uh, if you don't know that, you end up with lines that don't meet when you get to the other side. So <laughs> unless the thing is just perfectly square, but let's be honest, yeah. that doesn't right. happen in my shop unless I take the time. So yeah, and I've got one coming out. Well, it'll be out by the time this airs on, um, well, let's see, how to, is it how to square up the corners of a mortise? Did what, or did that come out already? I can't remember. Oh. I don't know, something dropped today. But I, that, I... Yeah, that was... I think it came out yesterday. It was how to square the corner of the round okay. corners of a mortise with just a chisel. Basically, you, the whole too long, don't read. It, uh, you don't need a corner. And then, um, gosh, what's tomorrow? I can't remember. You'll just have to subscribe and find out. Exactly. I put I put a uh, I put a an edited version Instagram of yesterday. Those are shorts. I can't. I don't want to put a 16 minute on Instagram. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. So, anyways, Sean, where you been working on? Not much, not much at all today. Personally, my mind is on my day. Uh, a surgery, so mm -hmm. uh, nothing. I don't want to, don't want to go too deep. I don't want to make it too personal. Yeah. But uh, hope he's okay and hope he recovers quickly. But um, it was a routine thing. It was an emergency. That's yep. that's good to know. But yeah, nothing else really. Um, we'll give him our it, best. It's really freaking cold in Northwest Ohio. Thank you. Finally, we got snow and then it dipped below zero. So. <laughs> you still got snow then we did we yeah. yeah it's still here and then now it's frozen my my youngest is sledding right now and i am only only assuming it's a it is a uh slanted ice sheet in the dark yeah. in the dark yeah well oh, i mean it's, it's at it's at the high school and so oh. there's parking lot light oh okay but it does end in a creek <laughs> so <laughs> you got you you have to have that risk of something right at yes. the end and so, yes, in years past, I know there there have been efforts to make it as far as you can and go on to the frozen, if it's frozen, God willing, it's frozen right now, I hope. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, but yeah, other than that, not much. Kyle, how about you? What's going on? Oh, um, well, basically, I've uh, been editing videos. So I've shot a bunch of videos, so now I'm in the editing process. And um, 
Uh, I think I told everyone last week that I got a new Mac, and so I'm going through that process of figuring out editing on this new Mac, and like I posted yesterday, you know, thank the internet gods for YouTube, mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> it's great. Unfortunately, some of it is too good, because I'm like, oh crap, I broke all the rules, I need to reshoot that entire video now. Oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 don't, no, no. don't correct for quote-unquote <laughs> If it's your first time using Final Cut or or whatever, you know, yeah. maybe there are different features, but my God, don't reshoot footage. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just joking. I'm just like, okay, well, I learned, and I'll apply that to the next one. But, there you go. Uh, anyway, there's there's a lot of good resources out there that I probably should have watched years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, to take nothing away from from anybody making video content, yeah. you know, obviously there's a few on the call right now, but um be thankful that all the the many many that did it before you and documented their their problems solutions and otherwise that you have those resources yes exactly and um then besides that i'm waiting on stuff to come in like uh, it seems like i'm always doing but hey it's getting better i keep telling myself that anyway um (laughs) so i'm waiting on you know some aluminum profile extrusions to come in so i can fulfill some orders so Twiddling my thumbs, hoping, you know, UPS arrives soon. So, so yeah. with, the, with that said, Aspen, what have you been working on? Oh, my God. I need to work on taking a nap. I think that's what <laughs> I'm going to work on. Um, but I just actually speak video editing. I wasn't expecting that to do it, but I was um, one of the speakers this year at Colonial Williamsburg, which went um, virtual last minute, which was, you know, a great call. But, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it, all of a sudden it's like I've spent three months building this settee by hand using the, the dorkiest methods possible. And now I have to figure out how to make a video about it. And all was, oh boy. it was, you know, I mean, I don't think my butt has ever hurt from sitting down, but that is what happens by the end of like the fourth day of editing this video. I was just exhausted in the weirdest way. I'm sure y'all know exactly how that feels. Yeah. But, yeah. Shooting yeah. the video is a piece of cake when Burning editing eyes. it. Like, oh uh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, it comes out to this one came out to about an hour and just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, honor everybody's wishes and needs and like, you know, not even knowing how many people were. It was it was nuts. So that was the last big thing I had to do before um, flying to California, which is where I am now. I'm going to be for the next four months, a resident artist at the SDSU graduate furniture program. So I'm sort cool, of in cool. this. Yeah, it's, it's sweet. SDSU, I'm so what does that stand for? San, San, San Diego, Diego State. State. San Diego mm-hmm. State. That's what I thought. San Diego State University. Yeah, they've got a really and well, wonderful... Man. Huh? Yeah, I, I say you're in a real awful part of the country then. Yeah. I know, it's all, it's the worst. Yes. It was, I think the low was like 61 today, and people were <laughs> having problems with that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're in big <laughs> parkas. Yeah. 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 That was the time I I went to Vegas and like after Thanksgiving in a year and and, you know, yes, it gets cold everywhere and and the deserts get cold too. Um, But it was like 45, 50 degrees and people were in sweatshirts and coats on top of that. And I was in a pole. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is way better than I left. Really way better. Yeah. I spent a chunk of the day today just sitting in the sun, like a Mm -hmm. little cat, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I just, I did this. I've been teaching a lot too. I just um, taught, two classes this fall and I was traveling a ton and um, running this chairmaker's toolbox project and doing the Colonial Williamsburg prep and then pivoting last minute and trying to learn to video edit and then 
now um, getting, you know, 400 pounds of hand tools to California so that I can do this residency. So it was sunny and I freaking sat in the sun and it was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Revitalizing. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome, awesome. Song. Yeah. It's like, well, plants we'll, do it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so yeah. what are you going to be doing with in this residency program? You know, it's interesting. I, the goal, um, you know, for SDSU is basically just to have um, this rotating cast of, you know, professional furniture makers coming in and sharing studio space with their graduates and their undergraduates to some degree, mm-hmm. um, you know, which you can imagine enriches the experience for sure. Even the guy who was um, in the program before me is we're completely different types of makers and um, yeah. people who are coming in after whatever. But I think for me, you know, they've been very clear that there's no goal. Um, I can have a show at the end if I want to. I don't have to. Um, and I get paid a, a professor's salary for the semester. So the goal is really to give me space to make and do whatever I need to make and do. And so my brain is really just, it's been incredible to just think about what I most want. Like even just asking that question has been cool. So sometimes um, I think that the best thing might be to just quite simply take the time to design and mm-hmm. not put any pressure on myself to make things. But then um, I can't stop thinking about these. So I I visited Colonial Williamsburg to do measurements for the piece that I was replicating for the conference and um, just fell in love with these, you know, I mean, honestly, relatively gaudy gold leaf mirrors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that after playing with that Hitchcock style painting that I was doing um, in a collaborative piece with Greg Pennington, I think that there's just something about gold that really has my eye, um, both aesthetically and conceptually at this moment. So I think there's also a part of me that wants to make some trippy, um, historically informed, but conceptually relevant and like, um, and, and pretty fun gold leaf mirrors. So we'll see what I end up doing. I'm also getting used to the space and sort of seeing what it's going to be best for, but mm-hmm. they've outfitted me with a wonderful, you know, bench room. And I think the planers out, of commission right now, but otherwise I think we're good to go. So yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for the long-winded answer. The reality no. is it's one of those moments where I don't have to know. And Whatever so it's the heck just such a yeah, right. And then I mean, I think as woodworkers, furniture makers, we're so often tied to our own schedule. It's actually, I don't know, the chance to just wonder what do I want to do? I mean, I'm not in <laughs> practice asking myself that question. So yeah it's an exciting thing and today was day one and i told you i spent it sitting in the sun yeah and yeah, looking back idea. some years from now we'll look back and this will be aspen's gold people we'll, we'll know it as such <laughs> <laughs> when you dove in and, and used i mean it's a natural kind of thing like yeah. you're into that now and whether it is forever or or a phase or whatever that it turns mm-hmm. out to be like you're going to find a way to use gold because it's it's interesting to you at the moment that's yeah, yeah. Part of your path. You know, and if you don't pick up on those things when they're available to you, the interest fades over time, you know, Mm -hmm. which is natural, whether or not you ever made anything, you know. So I think that, like, I'm sick of having these moments of fascination that I don't capitalize on. And then when it fades naturally, it fades naturally. I'm not going to force myself to make gold stuff later. So it's like, I think that, yeah, taking advantage of these moments of deep interest has always been fruitful for me if I can make the time. So just have to sort of figure out if gold's the thing or if there's something else secretly waiting in like in the background that's going to pop out and demand to be made. We'll see. 
Very cool. Oh, well, looking forward to whatever you come up with, whether it be a project or design or whatnot. But yeah, fantastic. And, you know, this will just lead you into your plaid period. Heck yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and then the corduroys, you know, just right right in line. However, if you go down the gaudy path or functional or whatever it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be gaudy. Oh, and it's it going to be borderline be. functional. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Fun yeah. house, gold leaf mirrors. Yes. That's great. Let's yeah, that could be fantastic. Well, anyway, um, I want to talk a little bit about, you. and you mentioned it earlier, uh, the Chairmaker's Toolbox project. So tell us a little bit about that, how yeah, it came to um, be, and where is it going, and what we can do to help. Oh, well, you know, it actually... I'm glad that we just talked about sort of following impulses and dreams because I think yeah. that 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 project came from a similar moment where so I applied for the um, Minic Fellowship, which is if you haven't heard of it, it's um it's a twenty five thousand dollar unrestricted grant that's given to one um, early in career. That's how they define it. Um, furniture maker every year. And so I like the terms early in career, right, because it doesn't mean you have to be young. It just means it has to be, at the, you know, beginning of your career. And I started my woodworking experience at North Bennett Street School in 2018, like right at the end of 2018. So it's definitely still early. Um, yeah. And so just basically being given the opportunity to imagine what I might do if I had 25,000 unrestricted dollars um, was where the Chairmaker's Toolbox project came from, was just the ability to think about it. And um, so I dreamed for an entire car ride from North Carolina to Boston. And when I got there, I just sat down and wrote the proposal um mm -hmm. and yeah submitted it at midnight on the deadline <laughs> wow. like you do wow. you know and then i think i got the acceptance um email just a few days later which blew my mind i thought it was just i opened it casually thinking it was going to be an email saying you know we we received your application you mm -hmm. know but instead it was like congratulations and i think i <laughs> fell out of my chair. It's a very ungraceful moment. <laughs> I dropped my phone and then reaching for my phone and just like losing coordination just ended up like on the floor somehow and scrambled up. Um, but basically the idea was like, it's this three-pronged approach to making chair making more accessible. Um, and so the first one is offering classes and those classes are either sliding scale or free of charge. And um, we're sort of really centering on making sure that those classes are to people who haven't had access in the past. And in some mm. ways, that means like people who are currently underrepresented in woodworking, as well as people who have been historically excluded from woodworking. And, you know, that hits all the, the high notes of, you know, people who identify as of color, um, female, or non-binary or trans. That being said, like, I have been very clear if you look at the website that that can also include, you know, people who don't have generational wealth or are not mm. U.S. citizens or I mean, there's a lot of ways they're single parents like there are a lot of ways to be mm -hmm. underrepresented in this field. And so just sort of taking an expansive approach. So trying to. Yeah. Offer, so, you know, just being really clear that there are a lot of different ways to approach that um, and trying to make make those classes possible so that so far that has meant um, offering free spots in classes that are already existing. So friends of mine and um, established chair makers are calling and, and offering spots. Eric Canazaro um, offered the first one. Greg oh, Pennington fantastic. taught. Yeah, he's wonderful. And that class was fantastic. And um, well, a really incredible maker named Lindsay who works for um, Hartwood, or not, sorry. Yeah, Hartwood Furniture in um, Kingston, New York, got that spot. We get 
like 70 applications at least for each of these spots. And I'm only advertising it on my Instagram. So, wow. it's, you know, more, we want more of these classes if possible. Um, Greg Pennington taught um, a class that the entire thing was free. Um, Travis Curtis taught one mm-hmm. on the Jenny chair just recently um, mm-hmm. that Kelly Harris and I assisted. And so both of us were also learning how to teach that class. So there were sort of two levels to that one. We were experimenting with making sure that all the students were learning a chair that they previously wouldn't have, you know, any access to or experience with. And then two assistants, Kelly and I, who were both experienced chairmakers but had not made that chair before. Therefore, like adding that to our own sort of like teaching regimen. So, yeah, um, the classes are really exciting. I'm about to announce one that's going to happen this summer at Lost Art Press with Chris Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be six spots, all free, all of the materials covered. Um, for people who are underrepresented in the field. Um, and I will be there with him. Um, yeah, that's been incredible. I taught one at a work- workshop of our own. God, I keep thinking I've said all of them and then there's some more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no wonder I was napping in the sun. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one at a workshop of our own was fantastic. And um, actually, as part of the Minic Fellowship, I made an effort to design a chair that is intentionally not only simple, but covers like all of the basics of making and designing your own chair. So Mm -hmm. I basically took one day out of the construction aspect of the chair and then added a design day instead. So I teach students how to, you know, not only like steal angles off of a chair that they like, that they find in a thrift store, but how to do a maquette that they can then steal angles from and like basically, you know, how to doodle something that can become a, a physical object and talking about all these, you know, basic parameters of what makes a chair sitable and what makes the dining chair versus a lounging chair. And, you know, I think that if we're asking um, students who don't sort of see themselves represented in woodworking to get excited about hand tool woodworking, it's also critical to hand them the design skills at the same time that we're handing them the construction skills so that they can make more of these, you know, more of these beautiful chairs can apply them to, you know, their own set of aesthetics and come up with something different. Yeah. So well, that's, anyway, that's, that's a, just part that's a real nice looking chair that, that you came up with. Yeah, that's a real yeah. nice looking chair that you came up with. Thanks. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was a funny thing because it, it's pretty much the simplest chair I could think of. And mm-hmm. then a few people messaged me and they were like, this is basically Chris Schwartz's chair from this book. And I was like, <laughs> what? I, cause I, you know, again, I haven't been in woodworking that long. And I was yeah. like, what book? book <laughs> 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 And yeah, I, to- I totally see it. And I texted Chris and I was like, Chris, did I steal your chair? And he was like, hell no, yours has five spindles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and you know, and you're, what, are... you're what is hilarious is I built that Chris Wartz chair out of the book. And I actually built yeah. four of them. And each one of them, I kind of um, improved the design to my own liking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And by the time I'm finished, it is very is eerily similar to your chair. It's got the chamfers on, mm-hmm. on the underside and on the front because if it didn't yeah. have it, it pinched your thighs. And, yeah. And all these things. Uh, the only thing my yours looks very close to the second to the final one. The only change I made in the final one is I put a slight curve on the front edge of the seat. Is it Ours point? actually has a slight curve to the front <laughs> edge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's cool. I think this is like, so basically like all of those chamfers, I added those partially because I think they're lovely and also partially because they give students a chance to interact with the grain in all of those different ways. And so like mm-hmm. I was intentionally designing that in order to be like, okay, how do you learn how to hold the spoke shave or the draw knife and approach 
the wood in all of these different ways. Like, how do you read the wood mm-hmm. coming in multiple directions? And, you know, anyway, so it's it's been a really incredible teaching yeah. tool. Um, and then the second part of the project is basically, you know, in order for me to travel and teach, I needed a set of teaching tools, right? I mean, we all know how hard it is to assemble even one set of these beautiful old tools, let alone eight, you know, if that's how many you need to teach with. So the goal was to buy a bunch of teaching tools with that money. But the cool thing, of course, is that it's really hard to get these tools, right? I mean, like, <laughs> has what, like a three-year wait list? And um, try to buy a fro online. Just try. It's hard. There's not yeah. any good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so decided that rather than throwing more money at, you know, even lovely people like Claire who have thriving businesses, they have more than enough um, interest in their tools. Instead, I would connect with makers who I know who are really established and successful metal workers and tool makers already, but who know nothing about Windsor chairs specifically. And then on top of that, those people identify as outsiders in the field of either tool making or chair making or metalworking. And so I then connected them with like the set of Windsor chair tools, asked them to choose a tool that they were most interested in, and then connected them with a mentor who was um, super experienced with using that tool. So the tool mentors uh, for this project were Peter Galbert, Chris Schwartz, and Caleb James. um, And we're going to be adding more as we go. But so each Mm. person then, so for example, my friend Rachel Kettinger was interested in the fro. She's an incredible blacksmith, incredible metal worker connected her with Peter Galbert, who complains constantly about the froze that exist on the market. And so the two of them, you know, connecting them in a Zoom and then um, getting them to sort of get specs going. And then over the course of a year, Rachel, as well as all the other tool makers, made prototypes, sent them back and forth to the mentor. And eventually when the tool was ready for market, we launched them. And so Mm -hmm. I got a set of these tools. Um, They get this product that you know, will create a sustainable income for them going forward. Um, the chair making scene gets even more options that are really highly vetted by some really talented makers. Um, yeah. And the field gets a little bit more diverse. So mm-hmm. I, there's really not a downside to that. I just, I love that part of the project. Um, and we're actually working on a heavy travisher now. Um, so sort of akin to the one that you see uh, coming out of the Windsor workshop. Yep. Um, at least in terms of its functionality. And it's going to be made by um, Fabiano Serra. He's an incredible um, woodworker and just conscientious, careful guy. So I'm really excited about that piece. And that one is also going to be worked on with uh, with Pete. But anyway, that's that's the that's the toolbox part of it. Oh, cool. Toolbox. Cool. Yeah. 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 yeah I love uh, the website y'all put together is outstanding. Um, I must mm-hmm. say very, very nice. And, um, I love, uh, love the tools. They look absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, the tenon cutter, I, I, I kind of, I kind of dig, uh, the tenon cutter that it's got, oh my you know, God. a little yeah. attachment to help you set the blade, which is always the hardest yeah. thing to do on those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that is just and outstanding. And it fits in your hand amazing. Yeah. And also about that tenon cutter, just to give Kelly Harris the, you know, props yeah. that she deserves, that blade is two and a half inches wide, which means that it will cut the entire length of your tenon, yep. which is amazing. Like nor- the Alia ones, you know, like love Alia. I have mm-hmm. an Alia tenon cutter. Um, you know, it's an inch. I don't I forget how wide it is, but I always end up having to either custom make another tenon cutter for the top of the tenon, or I have to use the half inch tenon cutter for my leg tenons. You know, it's just, it's time that we had one that was the full length of a standard yeah. turn tenon. 
<laughs> yeah, it's really nice. It's a, yeah. it's a great tool and it feels great and it looks so cute. It's just, I mean, it's just a gorgeous mm-hmm. overall total score. Mm-hmm. Kelly nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, you got Claire's Travisher. Um, mm-hmm. Good luck if you can even get on the waiting list now. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> Fabiano to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let me see. I don't also know I'm Megan glad Martin. she's doing so well with that. That's absolutely uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is what we want for people, but yeah. it's also like, it's just so important that as many people as possible are making that sustainable living in the field as they can. Um, mm-hmm. And there just doesn't really seem to be a downside to that particular part of the project. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Megan Martin and Andrew Mears just finished their draw knife and it is stunning. Yeah, it looks absolutely yeah, it's like looks incredible. Yeah. yeah, I love the handle, yeah. the way it's, yeah, yeah. Now is yeah. it, uh, is it bevel up or bevel down or whatever? Oh, that one is bevel up. Down. up. Um, yeah. But okay. it, um, it's a great knife. I mean, and they are actually, we're trying to convince them. So I don't think I'm hard to convince them. I'm like, you're so close to having a set. All you have to do is mess with the handles a little bit, a bit. and then you'll have yeah. a bevel up and a bevel, a down. bevel down. Um, but yeah, we had no complaints from, um, Peter Galbert, which is hard. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. That's, that's impressive. That's as yeah, equal like, to high praise as anything. Yeah. No I know. Yeah, I like, Pete, is there anything you change? And he was like, how much do they cost? And I told him and he was like, I'll take three. And I was like, amazing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he also advised on that. Like, yeah. By no complaints. I mean, he just, the whole point of the project is for him to complain as much as possible during mm-hmm. the iteration process so that we can come up with the best thing, you know, that, that we're capable of as a team. And man, it was just, it was very fulfilling and exciting for me to hear on behalf of Megan and Andrew, Pete say, no, this is the best run I've ever used. It was wow. like, great. It's, it. <laughs> it's yeah. So proud of them. Everyone. Yeah. Doing a great job. Playing. Okay. Um, I'm have to check that do out. Do you have any energy for third part of the project? It's really that one. The third part's the easiest to explain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, can you tell us about, uh, is it Julia with the ax? It looks like a nice oh, ax. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk more about Julia. Um, yeah, Julia, she is a um, Swedish axe carver and maker. Um, so I connected with her because I have a lot of friends who use her axes to carve spoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, an axe is like, I think a lot of people who take a Windsor chair class don't recognize that they need an axe, you know, because it's not one of the tools that they necessarily wield significantly during the build. But mm-hmm. if you want to go make a chair on your own you're gonna need an axe <laughs> yeah um and i yeah so i have actually had a lot of people be like this isn't a windsor chair tool and i was like i disagree <laughs> I um, are you starting with a log <laughs> i'm like are you using head slippers to like clear the webbing like i'm not sure like what you're yeah um i mean i know there are other ways to do it but um yeah, yeah so that that um gosh i mean i'm not a person who uses an axe with the delicacy and intentionality that someone like Julia does. Like for me, it really is more, um, more of a utilitarian thing rather than a carver. But I do know enough about axes to, to understand that the, the weight of that is just perfect. Like the, I mean, the entire balance of the tool is incredible. And so if I ever have felt like I had control over an axe, it was with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's what impressed me is that it has that one picture of her holding it, balancing it on her finger. And then like, mm-hmm. yeah, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. the handle shape is. Yeah. I have right? one 
yeah. an old uh, keen cutter with a handle that's a lot like that, and it is my favorite hatch axe. So yeah, yeah, it's really like I just I I um got pelican cases that contain all the tools, and so I have these nice. this like foam that cut out so that each tool drops in perfectly and I just I feel like a bond villain or something as uh-huh. I pack all these tools into <laughs> it torture. you know I'm just like how did I get so lucky this is amazing <laughs> um yeah it's, it's it's really let me think what are the some of the I mean there's so many um Eleanor Rose made that incredible studly mallet mm-hmm. that thing is Beautiful. just jaw dropping yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. she's made some stuff that Chris Wars has been promoting too. So yeah, and I think mm-hmm. one of them was was I think one of them was a mallet. And one was something else. I can't remember what it was, but off the top, of it's my actually head. gonna it's a file holder. So I mean, that's part of the beauty yeah. of this yeah. project is so Chris was the advisor on Eleanor's tool because she wanted to make the Studley mallet, and mm-hmm. he had actually held the original and seen the plans for it. And so I connected the two of them, and you know their collaboration bloomed beyond the bounds of the project you know i mean if they wanted to keep working on other things together and so i hope i'm not revealing too much when i say that they are in collaboration on another tool for crucible at this point so you know i mean it's just this is the goal right is like Mm -hmm. to start sharing our connections and making sure that you know all of these talented people have a chance to just be as talented as they are and you know enrich the field and our toolboxes so I sound mm. super cheesy, but it's just because I am so, so jazzed. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been very exciting. And there's still a number of tools that I'd like to get on um, the list. Like I'd love to see a really nice sledge and wedge set. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody who's interested in making a really beautiful sledgehammer, as well as some really nice wide and slim riving wedges. Just the number of times, you know, I teach and I'm like, okay, well, you got to get a wedge that looks like this. And if you can't, you're going to have to grind it. And it's like, geez, can we just get a wedge that's the right shape? And I know, mm-hmm. like, Lucy and Avery make some. I know they're out there, um, but there aren't enough and they're not mm-hmm. very yeah. easy to find. Yeah, riving yeah. wedges are hard to find. Right? Yeah. So somebody's making one. I know a couple yeah. of people that are promoting it. I forgot yep. who the maker was. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I think um, Eric just posted about one. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's the same. I think it's the same maker because somebody else posted about it. Dawson Moore, yeah, yeah. The two of them, I think, yeah, because I think the guy's really a knife maker or something, but he's making yeah. these outside kind of thing. So that's yeah. the thing is like we yeah. need to find that's the other thing is like Instagram, it does this thing where like certain people get way like more attention than they know what to do with, right? And the goal is not to like ask somebody who's already a super successful knife maker to also make writhing wedges, right. which they don't have time to do. The goal exactly. is to find someone who is a super talented blacksmith who's emerging, who's underrepresented, who's like mm-hmm. looking for that sort of that single product that they can perfect and make that can like, you know, basically pay for their shop rent so that mm-hmm. they're able to participate in the field otherwise. And so finding that person and giving them the specs and having them prototype with somebody who does a lot of writhing, you know, maybe someone like Dawson or Eric um, mm-hmm. until it's just perfect. Yeah, and, and then launching that, you know, in no way someone that could offer his abilities to do so. But something like that seems like if you're in that business of forging and 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 making in you know in a forge, that that would yeah. be not the hardest thing to do. You know, a, a riding edge has certain angles, but not like real super. I, I mean, obviously we want precision, but you know, right. even looking at at you know the carving X we just talked about. I mean, there's 
there's precision, but there's also a certain like familiarity with the making there that's like, you know, yeah. she can make that like, you know, and totally. and it's like a lesser thing to do a wedge. <laughs> like, yeah, it has to be. Totally. Well, so, that's the thing is like, if you just got to find those people who are invested and willing to develop it, because it's like, even if it seems simple, gosh, you'd be surprised. You know, I thought oh, I know, I know. Started... I'm not, I don't want to make oh, it yeah. simple of it, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it seems like there's somebody out there in, in somewhere in, in the reach of our voices. Someone mm-hmm. can hear this and go, yeah, I could do that. I could totally do it. You know, and, to and, and reach out to Aspen yeah. and she'd love to yeah. sell your wares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. We're doing the, this is the bat signal. I'm sending yep. it out. Yep, um, that's it. <laughs> it's on. And if you, I mean, if someone is listening and they are interested, I mean, all you have to do is jump on the Chairmaker's Toolbox. There is a way to contact me. Um, it'll go directly to me and my team of volunteers and we will try to figure out who's a good match, you know, for you as a mentor. So yeah, it, it's just, it's been the coolest thing. And as we all know, you know, you spend a lot of time as a maker alone in your studio staring at wood. And so it's nice <laughs> to have an excuse to, you know, meet some people and, and talk to talented makers who are outside of your field. So I mean, that's been fun for me, just having an excuse to get on a Zoom. And my most recent one was with Fabiano and, and Pete. And just, you know, understanding what, like 70% of what they're talking about. I'm like, I don't need to totally get this. I just need to use the tool. <laughs> but just enjoying, you know, the the learning process of it for myself and just getting a little bit of that sort of slice of yeah. deeper respect for how complicated the making of not just an, a good travisher, but the kind of excellence that makes it worth investing this much time in. You know, mm-hmm. I don't expect any of these tools to take less than a year to 18 months to get at least the first excellent one down, let alone getting their like production system in place. But just getting that first tool that is like genuinely worth putting into the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is long, cool. Long road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and participating in those calls, I can't imagine all the uh, ancillary information you get that you will probably put into a project down the road. You oh my know, God. It's like, so fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, I know we could do this via blacksmithing or we could do this via this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like understanding, like I think that Pete and I both began to learn one of the reasons why, like we were both like, why aren't fros wider like this? And Rachel was like, oh, because they, you know, stock doesn't get sold that wide. Like, or, oh, if you wanted that kind of fuse, like this is, you know, 10 times more complicated than this type of fuse, which is why you're seeing fuses that look this way going forward, even though they're not as good. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and so just uh, even just understanding why things have devolved the way that they have over mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it's a marketplace. Really There's not a marketplace for froze, so they're not making stock that you can turn into froze anymore and da 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 or yeah, whatever like it is. Most yeah. people can't yeah. tell the difference anyway. And so it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, or you know, we were like, we just want a really gentle, what you want with a fro that you want to have a lot of control over, right? It's like, you don't want an extreme wedge. You want a really gentle sort of belly mm-hmm. curve. And, you know, Rachel was like, yeah, that's a lot of grinding. You know, <laughs> she's happy to do it. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just, just understanding more deeply why it, why it is yeah. the way it is. Because you want that and, concave you know. shape towards the tip. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. it's fascinating to yeah. understand why these things work the way they do you know and, and then watch say concave and, i think it's good anyway. yeah it's yeah. convex yeah, yeah. convex sorry convex. i get my caves and vexes mixed up. <laughs> you need that leverage. Mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so i mean it, it's it's been it's been very, very exciting so yeah that's All a right. great part of the project yeah the last part is just called the living tools and and that's oh yeah that's this this is fascinating so 
oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this this one came actually from, it was inspired by how I got my first set of Windsor tools, which was um, a man named Peter Nissen was retiring from mm-hmm. making chairs and, and he wanted his tools. You know, he, I think he was just really afraid of that feeling of knowing that the tools were just going to get sold at an estate sale or piecemeal mm-hmm. given away or left to rust somewhere. And he just wanted to make sure somebody would actually use them. And, and um, he organized for them to get shipped to the studio and given to me and it opening up that, you know, I had a, I had a four, five year plan for mm-hmm. making enough money to buy the tools I needed to make chairs. And then I just opened this box and I just ugly cried all over all of them. You know, I mean, it was like just, <laughs> just opening up this toolbox and just seeing like I can, you know, it the ability to make chairs, you know, mm-hmm. right there on a table and um, recognizing that that kind of experience is happening all over the country and all over the world that, you know, people are realizing that they don't have, you know, the time or the energy to make the work anymore, but they want the tools to last and, and mm-hmm. to end up with somebody who will use them. Um, I think we've all been to enough, you know, estate sales and, and Craigslist auctions to know that that's not how you want your tools to pass. Right. Somebody yeah. Hands, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I go to a Craigslist sale, don't get me wrong, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't have the dignity, right, of this. And I think right. that, that you're, you're that shopping for a deal, not, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, and the person that owned that tool, yeah, it's kind of losing its, the tool's losing yeah. its luster, for lack of a better Yeah, uh, it loses its history. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the, the dignity involved in, like, receiving not just a single tool from somebody, but their collection is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, so that was the second part of the project, you know, is that I committed to never sell those tools. And mm-hmm. that when I'm done using them, I will give the entire suite to another maker and that they will have to promise to do the same thing. So any anyone who receives tools through um, the Living Tools Project has to make that one promise. Yep. Well, so, well, I'm in, I'm in that exact situation because, you know, one day I will get to the point where, yeah, I can't make any more and I have no heirs that would be interested in my tools. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this is absolutely first rate um, uh, project here. I, I love that a bunch. That's that is so cool. It's just been such a lovely yeah. thing. And even like the relationship that I've formed with the families and just how happy, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I, we did our first major collection of a luthier shop he's a violin maker for 40 years and just how like the family when I first got there they said yeah we'll give you a few you know but we're going to sell most of them and then just sort of seeing how little these tools actually sell for on the internet I think is just so disheartening for Mm. people you know people just don't you don't you don't get the retail value right and so over time they just they just kept giving me more and more and I ended up walking away with the entire workshop you know and I'm still looking for the right person to give those to, you know, it's about, you know, $25,000 worth of violin tools. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll change someone's entire life and just looking for that right person, you know, Mm -hmm. and just getting to like cry with his daughter and like hug and just talk about how incredible his work was and his life was. And, um, and trying to figure out exactly what kind of person he would want those tools to go to, you know, it turns into just this incredibly meaningful and collaborative moment instead of just trying to see how much a stranger's willing to pay for a hand plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm taking it back. You're doing a, uh, you're doing fantastic work. <laughs> Absolutely I mean, it's fantastic. Too. 
you know, I just, I, I love receiving those tools, Kyle. I mean, mm. it was everything to me. It, it changed my entire life. It's, it's why I'm, it's why I'm able to teach the way I am now. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's everything to me. So I yeah. know that will be true for other people as well. Well, outstanding. And speaking of outstanding, uh, let's talk about your chair classes. You mentioned them briefly, but so where have you taught your chair classes and when and where will you be teaching your chair classes in this age? Hopefully we're getting over the Omicron variant and things will get back to semi, hopefully normal here in a month or two. We'll see. Oh my God. Knock on wood. Everybody <laughs> exactly. finds something to knock on. Um, yeah, I've already, I've taught it. Um, I mean, I pull up my CV so that I remember. It's just so, life has been such a yep. whirlwind lately, but I had a wonderful time at Florida School of Woodwork. So this is all this, chair this class. yeah, so this is all your, your basic chair class, right? Is Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, people are just thirsty for this little chair. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it just, it keeps, selling it sells out and there's there's usually a, a pretty long wait list for it i think it's you know it's it's just a thrill to make a chair from a log we all know that the experience exactly. is incredible it's very empowering so yeah florida school of woodwork um that one already happened i taught it at woo um a workshop of our own i should say um pinecroft mm-hmm. school of woodworking i'm scheduled to teach it um haystack this summer um at austin school of furniture port townsend school of woodworking and again at florida school and then of course um with chris at at lost art press and then at that point i'll be going to winter tour to do a um a residency there studying windsor chairs um with again my friend kelly harris but a lot of the classes i'm teaching they're either that they're either that chair or they're these brushes that i'm completely obsessed with (laughs) yes yes you are I really feel like that's what I chose to teach at Haystack. And if you don't know about Haystack School of Crap, you got to check it out. Have you guys heard of Haystack? No, I've no. I had a name. Yeah. Oh, my God. Haystack. I'm sorry. It's just, it's like this incredible, like the, I mean, they've won all these awards for architecture. The space is incredible. And it's all of these studios, like fibers, small metals, like jewelry, iron, glass, wood, oh, okay. ceramics, all okay. of it. Yeah. It's on Deer Isle in Maine. So it's also like it's on this. I mean, it's got moss like three feet deep. There's phosphorescence cool. in the water. You can like the moon rises above all. All the studios are set on a hill. So every studio has a view of the ocean. And there's mm. just I mean, the food isn't mm. it's stupid. It's it's oh, too man. nice. So, so it's, it's annoying. Of, it rem- <laughs> what you're describing reminds me of a you know, ocean view of Anderson, uh, kind of like Anderson Ranch in Colorado, but on mm-hmm. the ocean. Yeah, that- absolutely. And Haystack is often listed. So there's Penland, Haystack and Anderson Ranch. Those are sort of oh. like the big three super beautiful, super fancy craft schools. Yeah. 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 I was lucky to take a class at Anderson Ranch and yeah, it's pretty outstanding. It's incredible, right? I mean, it shouldn't be that fun. No, it no, looks but so it beautiful. is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. And it's they're really expensive, but they also offer some pretty fantastic scholarships. Like I've attended mm-hmm. classes at Penland, Anderson Ranch, and Haystack all on scholarship. So wow. definitely apply for those because they're full scholarships and they cover um housing and they cover materials and some of them also cover travel. So yeah. you know, wow. every, everything everything. But yeah, I know, right? I mean, if you want to make these things accessible, you gotta hit all of those, you know can't just pay for the class. 
Exactly. So how did how did you get into making the brushes? You know, I think that it was um it was partly a COVID thing. You know, having okay. a much smaller space to work in, but mm-hmm. was it if it came long? a lot more than that, yeah. It's been that long. Oh, I remember oh, when they man. first started popping up in your feed, and it, it seems like so much longer ago. I know. <laughs> Isn't that? Oh, yeah. Oh, this like, thing has lasted forever. <laughs> yeah, I see, I didn't lockdown. even put two and yeah. two together. I thought it was like something you got involved in. I didn't realize it's a COVID thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I mean, some people made shortbread, yeah. you know, asking yeah. mm-hmm. brushes. Yeah. <laughs> you made brushes? I made brushes. And then I got a they are so wild and incredible. They're really fun. So yeah. that's what that's what I like about them. And when I think about a brush making class, like sure, the brush is interesting. The you know, the finished product is valuable. Oh. But for me, it really is just like it's this incredible opportunity to deal with wood shaping and carving and lamination and you know, um pattern making within the wood. Mm. I mean, it's it's just this this beautiful balance between function and design. And it's this way of sort of at least for me, I've been using the brushes as ways of prototyping either really complicated processes that I might otherwise be a little bit wary to try to use in a big piece of furniture until I've messed with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause you're using a lot yeah. of lamination type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows if yeah. that's going to work or not. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly, worst case yeah. scenario, you burn it. It's ugly. It's mm-hmm. over, you know, you wasted a day. So it's mm-hmm. like, I think every furniture maker, every woodworker needs some object that gives them a chance to play with and iterate so mm-hmm. that, like, you know, all of their new ideas so that their work grows. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, gosh, our work takes so long to make. It's hard to be risky with it, right? right. You don't want to just try something weird when it took you a month <laughs> and a half to get to the point where you try the weird thing. You know, it's like you need yeah. you need to be able to be a little bit lighter hearted with it. So I think brushes are more than spoons are a really incredible way to play with that because they're just so much more. Um, there's so much more design choice mm-hmm. that goes into it. As long as it's thick enough to drill a hole, it can be a brush. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. challenge you that uh, once we get out of COVID, you should build a big brush, like six foot <laughs> by three oh. foot or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a four-month residency right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean. Giant brush, art installation. Yes. Boom. There you go. Totally. Well, I am writing a book on brush making, actually. Um, that's oh, one of my other... Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun other project. So it's one of the things I was maybe going to do during this residency was play with some of those designs, try to nail down the the ten or so that I'm going to incorporate into the text. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and you're also like taking that and and also making spoons, some artistic spoons yeah. that Why are not, just right? pretty incredible too. Yeah, that is fantastic. Now, one you're thing really that I want to compliment you on is I did attend the fun uh, woodworking seminar you did on uh, our webinar should i say on airbrushing oh, techniques cool and that that was so yeah. cool that was so cool i actually have some experience in airbrushing back when i was a kid and built kit models and stuff like that mm-hmm. and airbrush oh, I them thought maybe you're doing t-shirts no, no, no <laughs> oh my god please make me a denim jacket Kyle. yeah no i never got <laughs> yeah. the t-shirts but if you need a camouflage pattern on a t-shirt I'm your guy. Um, but I'll, I'll send you a white one. Yeah. <laughs> Royal Air Force camo. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That, that's the best. Uh, but uh, anyway, but yeah, that, that was absolutely fascinating. I, I kind of knew some of the techniques uh, that you were doing and, uh, you know, from some of my experiences. But I must say, if anyone has a subscription to Fine Woodworking, go ahead and check that out because you did an excellent job. And yeah, it's not that hard. It looks hard, yeah, but right? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's not really that hard, and it and you did a fantastic job with that. So thank you. Yeah, I feel like I've been trying to explain that one to people for years, you know, and they just they mm-hmm. refuse to take me off a pedestal with that. They're like, yeah. so amazing. How do you do it? And I'm like, it's really it's tape and then it's lines <laughs> and then you cut them and then and they're like, they I've lost them completely. Yes, but how? <laughs> how do you tape and line and cut? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was like, y'all, it's it's you're going to you're going to be able to do this one. And yeah, I remember I think I I turned the corner on that because Fine Woodworking had asked me to do a webinar and the content was kind of up to me. And I was, um, I was making that settee with Greg mm-hmm. and Greg was like out, you know, in the end his house doing something else. And he came out and he w- just saw the finished product of one of the sections I'd worked on. And he was like, screw you, Aspen. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, it's not that hard. And he was like, now yeah, right. screw you harder. That's awful. Like, come on, man. And I was like, no, seriously, stay and see. And I did it in front of him. And he was like, now I hate you. Because it was just so <laughs> easy. You know? it's like, it's really, um. and then Frank Straza came through that week too. And I got to show him and he was also just so excited because of course he saw the relationship between that. And sand shading and marquetry, which is one of the reasons right. why I started airbrushing, is again that I saw the same thing. And so he and I connected over that. And I was like, you know, I really think that if these two nerds can get excited about it, then maybe it's cool enough. And and so, yeah, I picked it for the webinar. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Really cool. And I like some of the uh, the interesting paints you were using that actually have some metal flake in them and stuff. That was, oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I yeah, I, I was, you know. I was just familiar with modelers paints and, you know, they do have some that they do a pretty good job with the silvers and golds and stuff like that, but actually putting the flake in a solution. And yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, when you don't know what you're doing, I think sometimes <laughs> it's the most, it's the most fertile direction you can go in. Cause I was like, well, I want it to be gold. So I should probably put some gold in gold there. In it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, they always expect it to turn out perfect. We don't yeah. know what you're doing though. Yeah. <laughs> You get it. You get permission to screw up. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Hence well, making well, brass. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in, in cars, they always talk talk about putting metal flake in the paint and stuff like that. I'm going, okay. Mm. Here's Aspen doing it on wood. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so fun, you know. Yeah, I really, you know, had not had. I've I've actually been looking for like an airbrushing class, and um, there's a couple like pretty awesome like hot rod painting classes mm-hmm. that. Or guys that teach it in um, yeah. the North Shore and outside of Boston, and I just I, I haven't it hasn't lined up well timing wise, but I cannot wait to be in like a weird flame painting class. <laughs> well, um, you know, yeah, I think you can bring back the murals on the side of vans. You're probably too young mm-hmm. to remember that, but anyway, oh, man, back back in the 70s, that was all the rage. Wizards and yen. yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and diamond windows. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh Gosh, boy, that sounds awesome! I know oh yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> like, during that time, I was worse. Yeah, during that time, I was in grade school. But instead of doing our our daily homework, me and my buddies would be drawing vans with the mule. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if Google, if the Google spider in the metaverse just heard you say wizards and unicorns, but I just googled airbrush van side. And it was wizards and images. unicorns. <laughs> I mean, no, it, that is because that was like the unicorn. main thing that mm-hmm. m- most. Did you get one with a diamond window? Not yet. Not it yet. Circle automatically window? popped up. Wizard airbrushed on side of van and <laughs> unicorn with a wizard riding it on the side. Oh of the man, that's even better. Double yeah. whammy. 
Yeah, you look <laughs> yeah, at some of those really... 70s murals on the vans. I mean, it's it's impressive airbrushing work. It's they're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm mostly seeing wizards and unicorns. It's true. Um, but yeah, okay. I'll look for that diamond window. Yeah. Okay. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I wanted to ask you a little bit about your workspace, but it seems like you're um pretty much uh, traveling all the time. So do you have an actual home shop? Yeah, actually, right now, I'm very lucky to say that my my home shop is um, the Charlestown Furniture Co-op in Boston, okay. um, run by, I think, I mean, probably a lot of people know of him, um, Bob Miller, who's on Instagram as mm-hmm. Mass Woodworks. Um, yeah, you should definitely check it out. I mean, the shop is incredible. Bob is um, fastidious, to say the least. Um, I believe that his uh, his catchphrase is precision is my religion. So just these incredible <laughs> old machines. Um, I actually took a video right before I left of the space um, that I should totally post in a story because it is just, it's stunning. And having, so there's 18 um, full-time, you know, furniture makers who share the space. There's all these bench room, bench spaces upstairs. Um, and then the downstairs is just this gorgeous shared machine room. And it's lovely. Like we share commissions, we share information, we share materials. Um, you know, it really just, it makes the whole experience of being a woodworker generally, and especially a woodworker in a city, much more achievable. Um, and it makes it fun, you know, mm-hmm. so that's my, that's my home shop. Um, of course I am in California as of today or yesterday. Um, and then I'm also planning on when I, when I move back to the East coast, I will be, um, moving, at least I will also have a shop. I'll be sharing a shop with Claire Minahan, um, up in, New Hampshire. So I'll be working with Pete, working with Claire, um, and sort of getting to, again, just join another really exciting woodworking community. Charlie Ryland is up there. He's incredible. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I remember Charlie. Charlie's a great guy. Uh, when I took my first class, my first chair making class with Pete, yeah, Charlie was, was his assistant, so to speak at the, at that time, I think he was doing a little internship with, uh, Mm -hmm. Pete at that time, but, uh, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. Actually, he just won a really huge and really exciting yeah, award. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He and yeah. Rebel Awake. Yeah, they just, you like should definitely 20, follow both of them. Yeah, like $20,000 or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. $20,000 for the, um, let me look it up. I think it's called the Craft Research Fund Artist Fellows. Mm-hmm. So it's run by the um, Center for Craft in North Carolina. And they have just, yeah, they just got twenty k mm-hmm. to do research into um, the history of you know, basically the presence, the erased presence of um, black and indigenous woodworkers. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Boom. Well, well, great. Well, um, so you're going to be moving up there and uh, you said the summer. So yeah, um, are you, are you, gonna, are you planning on teaching any classes out of there or that's um, I don't in the know. air? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty booked. I'm completely booked for 2022 um, and 2023. I'm starting to um, fill up my, my sketch, but mm-hmm. I, I think that we will see, I want to make time to make the work, right. It's such a hard right. balance, such a hard balance. And I think I've really, I've been hitting teaching pretty hard this year and enjoying it very much, but I have noticed, you know, just, um, I think we all know that teaching takes more time than the class, you know, there's like the prep and then there's the recovery right. and the travel and yeah, it's, um, I need to figure out how to balance that better figure out exactly how much I should be teaching and, and which things I want to teach. So we'll see. Um, yeah. I definitely, I hope to be teaching out of, um, with, with my good friends in the future. Yeah. So I think, um, Greg and Pete are both people I'd, I'd like to 
work Fan- with and, and fantastic teach them. well um so since you're in san diego are you going to get your green and green on <laughs> no <laughs> i like the only one that's not that into it i feel so i feel rude <laughs> I, you know i'm with you i'm not thoroughly like wowed by green and green i had my it's green neat. and green i had my green and green phase and uh yeah it was great i learned a lot uh the furniture's fun i still have it as everyone still yeah. loves it but right yeah, yeah. You, you should probably go but don't go for just the regular tour of one of the houses see if you can get one of the mm-hmm. behind the the velvet rope tours um because the stuff that you know it's green and green design but it's the hall brothers that did it but the stuff that they have there is once you get there you're going holy crap yeah (laughs) yeah there are also a few designs those houses are impressive it's like okay this entire house is nothing but a cabinet that is meticulously done you know (laughs) that's That's the thing about green and green furniture that's amazing yeah is that integration with the architecture Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were able to make a living doing that, you know, yeah. and, they, and they did it over and <laughs> yeah. over and over again. They they mass produced it, yeah, but made every piece unique. I mean, it was just yeah. amazing. So, right. I mean, yeah. that I think, I think that broader context is critical, and that takes all of my like snobby laugh out of it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If yeah. if you go yeah. see the Gamble House, walk around the neighborhood because you realize that. Hey, they just bought a subdivision and put their houses in it, just like a normal builder would today. You know, it's like yeah. all the houses around it are all green and green. You know, they're not open to the public. Some of them have been trashed, but you know, you can walk oh, yeah. around and see some of those houses and go, "Wow, this is just oh, like yeah. you know a modern builder would do." Of course, totally. you know, even back then, the, it was an expensive neighborhood, but you know, hey, yeah. No, but I mean, this the windows and then the relationship in terms of like the thickness of the, you know, window styles to the pieces mm-hmm. of furniture. I mean, yeah, it, they're, it's stunning in connection. I actually had full it's disclosure all... forgotten about the history of green and green in this part of the country. And so right. I was just sort of like, Ugh, that style of furniture, I think I just I like my. My, my curvy swoopy stuff too much yeah. at this moment uh-huh. in life but um, <laughs> no no but i yeah, totally agree. No, you're totally right yeah if well, i could there. see it in context yeah. Oof, yeah. yeah well yeah and the whole and in every house is its own motif oh so it's yeah. like the living tree or and, and so yeah it's just i don't anybody who does woodworking to go and see an entire house of it i just just a little bit yeah. so. mm-hmm. well thank you for bringing it up just giving me an amazing yeah that's going to be a great experience yeah, yeah, that could be your next um, Wednesday. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Just rent a convertible and drive on up there. Oh, my God, totally. I need to get some big sunglasses first, though. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Convertible, well, big sunglasses. I got. You can put my hair down. That's easy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, normally we finish up our interview by asking you what's next for you, but um, I will say, is there anything you want to promote? Because you got a lot of com- a lot of things coming up, and uh, yeah, it's amazing, amazing stuff you're doing, and it's and it's uh, great to uh, you know live vicariously with you know with what you're doing and you know seeing what you're posting and all of that good stuff. So, is there anything out there you want the listeners to know about? Oh, you're super kind to me. <laughs> I say, <laughs> let's see. Um, the next thing that we're going to launch on the Chairmakers Toolbox is going to be a membership. And I think that is something, if you're interested in becoming a member of the project, that's going to be really cool. And then the other thing we're going to talk about um, is creating a mentorship network. And what that's going to mean is 
having people who are experienced in some form of chairmaking um, list their credentials essentially, and then offer themselves up as mentors. And then people can apply to be mentees, get accepted by the project, and then they can like 30 minute mentoring sessions with all of the mentors. So if you are somebody who are, is interested in being a mentor, even if all you can do is sharpen really well, there are people out there that need your help. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that um, that's going to be a really exciting thing. And that format actually um, came directly from the Female Design Council, um, which has a similar mentoring program. So yeah, we're going to be launching those two things, but definitely um, follow the Chairmakers Toolbox. Um, I'm going to be posting about it too. And yeah, just really excited to like welcome more people into that project. And I think membership is going to be a really good way to do it. All right. Fantastic. Well, let's <laughs> let's move on to our fortnightly beer choices. So I'll start us out. I'm drinking the new Brew Sanity from Carbock Brewery Company. And uh, it, it's it's not bad. It's a uh, it's a Belgian style ale, ale should I say. And uh, not bad. Not bad. It's one of their seasonal beers. So, Mark, what are you drinking? You know what I'm drinking. Oh, <laughs> it's a foggy geezer. Foggy so got geezer. some of those left, huh? I, I cracked into the last six pack today. All right. We've only got a couple more shows left. And Five then, more episodes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I may have another one tonight. I'm not sure. There you go. Um, Indulge. Yeah. Oh, great. How about Sean? you, Sean? Uh, I went back to something that was in the back of my fridge that I had a while back. Uh, the Masthead Ice Melter. That was the, the habanero. Uh, oh yes spiced ale thing and it's uh yeah it's a little little toasty in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) but it's good on a cold winter's day yeah it is it's colder than hell outside i had my heater there's a heater literally within arm's reach and i worked here today and i I, you know it's it's weird to have a space heater on when you're working but when i'm in my basement and it's six degrees outside it helps and uh it's it's cold so yeah nice warming not not just in your mouth but all over your body Good to warm you. I drink a lot of coffee today too to keep me warm. <laughs> there you uh, go. Aspen, what are you uh, wetting your whistle with? I don't know. It's just actually now that it, we talked about green and green furniture and like San Diego specific experiences, I'm like, I wonder if there are any San Diego specific IPAs or, you know, because I know IPAs are a big deal out oh, here. I'm sure there are. Oh, yes, I'm there's sure. probably yeah. like 30 unique ones within like walking distance of wherever you are right now. I, yeah. I know you can get Anchor Steam, which is a good yeah. california brewery yeah um, it's, that, it's that like the like, first craft brewery in the world or u.s something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Anchor Steam. okay yeah. well then let's say that that's what i will so be drinking seek, seek yeah. out a good california brew all that's, right that's our and instructions you know hit me up on instagram if you have any good suggestions there you go there you go, there you go. <laughs> gotta be within driving distance <laughs> sure cool. walking improve you know maybe yeah maybe. walking would be nice <laughs> Fantastic. Well, so Aspen, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Oh, I think Instagram's still a pretty good option. So um, my handle is just Aspen underscore Golan. And then the Chairmakers Toolbox has an Instagram that is going to get going real soon. And that's where I'll be posting all the information about um, our classes and the new tools that are coming out. And of course, um, all the living tool donations that will be available for folks to apply for. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, join in over there too. Cool. cool. Mark, what about yourself? Well, if you're interested in shave horses or workbenches, uh, plate11.com is the place to find me. Uh, but if you're looking to learn how to use hand tools, you want to go to jointeffort.net. How about you, Kyle? Uh, you can always find me at barton.kyle on Instagram or just search for Kyle Barton on YouTube. 
And Sean, what about yourself? You can find me on most social medias at SeanW78. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.